0: App. I'm Darren Pritchett, joined by the Notre Dame football beat reporter for Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com, Tyler Horka. A lot to talk about in regard to Notre Dame football, but let me just ask you right off the bat, Tyler, your reaction to the news that you posted earlier at blueandgold.com that really one of the stars of Notre Dame baseball's run to the College World Series, freshman pitcher Jack Finley, Four saves in the postseason. He put his name in the transfer portal by the deadline on July the 1st. I mean, this is another major loss to this pitching staff that had so much success last year.
1: Yeah, when Link Jarrett left, and, you know, as awesome as the run of the College World Series was for Notre Dame, that kind of felt like a formality as soon as the Florida State job opened on that Friday of the Super Regional weekend, I think it was – There were some names on the Notre Dame baseball roster that immediately came to mind and you thought the Fighting Irish have to retain that guy if they have any hope of being competitive in a tough ACC conference in 2023. Jack Finley immediately rose to the top of that list with what he did in the NCAA tournament. Four saves in the tournament alone. Two of those came in the regional. One of those came against Tennessee in the clinching game, five scoreless innings. He was outstanding against the best offense in America. And then he gets a, a save against Texas as well in the College World Series. So from start to finish in the, in the NCAA tournament, he was the guy for Notre Dame to hear that he may be on his way out. He met the deadline, like you said. Uh, he has a clause in the transfer portal that tells teams that see him in there, do not contact me. So that tells me one of two things. Either he wants to wait and see what Notre Dame is going to do next in replacing Link Jarrett, or he already knows where he's going to go. Maybe that is to follow Link Jarrett at Florida State. Maybe he has something else in mind. So it sounds like Jack Finley is playing on Jack Finley's terms for Notre Dame. That could be a bad thing. And when you hear transfer portal and somebody enters the transfer portal, you already kind of assume what comes next. It usually follows with an announcement of wherever he's going, and that's a huge loss for Notre Dame, if so.
0: Well, if he goes somewhere else, we'll have some great memories, including, as you mentioned, that just amazing performance of Finley in the NCAA tournament. All right, let's talk some football. Tyler, we'll begin with a story that could drag on for a little while, in my opinion at least. All the conversation across the country with USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten. The next domino to fall seems to be Notre Dame. Everybody is staring at Notre Dame right now. I think everybody has hit the pause button, except maybe the Pac-12 and the Big 12. They want to see what Notre Dame's going to do before making that next step. To me, Tyler, at this particular time, I don't see any reason for Notre Dame to be antsy in making a quick decision. This is my personal opinion. Then I'll get your thoughts. I don't think Notre Dame is, quote-unquote, on the clock until the ACC starts to fall apart like the Big 12 and the Pac-12. Agree or disagree?
1: Yeah, I think I totally agree. and. Look, this has always been the case with Notre Dame. It's only moments like these when that intensifies or that feeling is heightened where there's some realignment, people are going other places, other conferences get a little more powerful, and then, like you said, all the eyes turn to Notre Dame. Well, even when the chaos is not happening like it is right now, all the eyes are still on Notre Dame. Everyone (laughs) wants to know when they sh- they're going to shed these decades and over a century of independence to do what pretty much everyone else in college football has done and join a conference and if it was about money Notre Dame would have done this would have done this a long time ago and yes i know the money keeps stacking and the sec is going to be paying out lord knows how much and the big 10 could be paying out lord knows how much <laughs> but if it was about notre dame Notre Dame would have went to one of these conferences a long time ago. Or if it was about money, Notre Dame would have went to one of these conferences a long time ago. I don't think it's about the money. And I think that's why we've had a few days to, you know, rest our legs and we're not doing the knee jerk <laughs> thing saying, Oh my gosh, Notre Dame has to go now. No, you're absolutely right there. And Notre Dame doesn't have to go now. Now, are they missing out on some money by staying independent and, only receiving, I think it's $10 million a year from the ACC to play five ACC teams a year, and they're only getting $15 million from NBC for all of the home, right, home game rights. I think the Big Ten and the SEC kind of laughs at that, but Notre Dame isn't the type of school that hears that laughter and says, oh, my gosh, they're picking on me. I've, I've got to, you know, join in with this click. Notre Dame is, its own, is a one-man show. It always yeah. has been. It operates on its own. So Notre Dame doesn't have to join one of these conferences if they would like a little extra money, absolutely, that's the way to go. But I think Jack Swarbrick has, you know, the leverage is the word that's been thrown around, and I think he has yeah. the ability to kind of wait and see, because we don't know what those figures are from the Big Ten right now. Let's let that TV rights deal get situated, see what they're going to be making, and then, you know, sit back and say, okay, here's our next move.
0: If it's eighty to to $110 million, that's awfully hard to pass up knowing <laughs> how all the different ways that Notre Dame could use – that type of money, hey, maybe they would lower the cost of parking tags and tickets along the way. Who knows? Mm -hmm. I'm kidding. If money's not important, then reduce all the prices so the average fan can get back into the stadium. So to me, Tyler, there have always been a couple of things important to Notre Dame, Independence being this great academic institution that can play some pretty good football, national program, national schedule. If they wanted to leave independence, this would seem like as good a time as ever, mainly because of this. First off, if you talk about like schools, academically, the Big Ten makes the most sense. In fact, I think it's an open and shut case. That is an easy answer. If you talk about a national schedule, well, the Big Ten can kind of offer you a national schedule with all these rivalry games that Notre Dame's been a part of through the years. USC, Michigan, Michigan State, Purdue, if Stanford comes along, that would be another one. So I'm not saying they have to do it. I'm just saying, Tyler, more than any other time, including in 99 when they flirted with the Big Ten, the pieces seem to fit a whole lot better for what Notre Dame is looking for if they ever had to go to a conference.
1: I totally agree with that. USC, you don't think the Big Ten was, you know, they knew what they were doing when they said, okay, we're going to have our pick of the lot here with the Pac-12. And I know USC is this proud program. When you think college football, that's probably one of the 10 first schools you think of. Yeah. So it was easy for the Big Ten to go, okay, we want USC, we want UCLA. But you don't think they were thinking of Notre Dame when they said USC, and they know that Notre Dame plays USC every single year. I think the COVID year was the first in the since World War II or something like that, yeah. maybe nine 19- 1960 at the latest when they did when those two teams didn't play so you have that element and then maybe stanford doesn't come along and i guess some notre dame fans would, would feel a little nostalgic in losing that rivalry but you can present ucla and say hey notre dame how about you play in the rose bowl every other year and you know here's your next west coast rivalry game if you would like it there's two games on the west coast that fits your coast to coast you know notre dame is as national a brand as any in college football, and you get two two games a year where you're playing a California team, which Notre Dame already has on its schedule, mm-hmm. you check that box. And then, like you said, uh, and there's a lot of Notre Dame fans listening to this right now who remember, you know, the heydays of playing Michigan all the time, mm-hmm. playing Michigan State all the time. Uh, Purdue is not a given fixture in Notre Dame's schedule right now. I know they you know, played last year, and it's been a little more recent, but that would be – conference game at that point, which is something that Notre Dame's never had with its in-state rival in Purdue. So I think the Big Ten has a lot to offer schedule-wise, absolutely. So if this is not all about money, and we just said that it's not, and Notre Dame wants to kind of control its own schedule still, I mean, this is as good as it gets, getting to play USC still, reintroducing the Michigan rivalry, making that an annual thing. Uh, How many people have talked about the Ohio State game? this year and and how cool that's going to be. What if that became, you know, something that happens 8 out of every 10 years if Notre Dame is in the Big 10? That would be pretty special as well. So, the, the Big 10 definitely has a lot to offer year in and year
0: out. I'm going to build on your comment right there. He's Tyler Horkin, Notre Dame Football Beat Reporter, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. I'm Darren Pritchett. You're right. The Notre Dame Ohio State game it's going to be one of those games that even if you're not an Irish or a Buckeye fan, if you're a big college football fan, You're going to tune into it. That's going to be a marquee game. Tyler, right now we're in an era where TV ratings are down, attendance is way down. We need more exciting football games. I'm not saying this is the reason why Notre Dame should join the Big Ten is to improve all that. I'm not saying that They need to make their own decision. My point is if Notre Dame would join the Big Ten – just think about all the other marquee games that are going to now be developed by the Big Ten when you factor in USC and UCLA with all the schools they have already and Notre Dame. If they add Carolina and Virginia, won't have the same impact as the other couple teams I mentioned. But we need more interesting games, and for the Big Ten, for example, going through the rights negotiations right now they're trying to put together a portfolio with the best games possible the better games the more networks will pay so i'm not saying notre dame has to do it i throw that aside for a second it would be great for college football in my opinion if notre dame would join a conference because we need more drama in the regular season you look at the first two weeks of the season there aren't too many games to get excited about notre dame ohio state what oregon and is it georgia playing I think that's the combination, but there's not many great games. I just think we need more exciting games in order to continue to grow college football to different levels because people can't wait for the big games. We just have to wait too long, it seems like, for those major contests to unfold.
1: Absolutely, and I mentioned Michigan earlier. If you go onto the blueandgold.com message board, there is always a threat about Michigan, whether it's about their <laughs> recruiting, whether it's about something Jim Harbaugh said or what something he rapped while sitting on a lounge chair on vacation, whatever it is. Notre Dame fans talk about Michigan. Michigan fans talk about Notre Dame, and these two teams aren't playing each other every year, and I think they should. It's like you know, I've mentioned a time or two on this show that I'm from Texas. Texas should be playing Texas A&M every single year. That had to have been a factor when Texas last summer shocked the world and said, hey, we're leaving the Big 12 and we're going to the SEC. Guess who else is in the SEC and has Mm -hmm. been there for 10 or 12 years now? Texas A&M. That game is going to get reintroduced in some form or the other. I think Michigan needs to play Notre Dame every single year because those are two of the biggest fan bases in college football. And, yeah, they can blabber on and on about each other online, but it's (laughs) a lot cooler when those two teams meet on the football field and there's 110 people at the big 110,000 people at the big house, you know, clad in maize and blue and they want to beat that team 50 to 3 and when they come up here to South Bend it's the same way. There's people in blue and gold who want to beat the other guys 50 to 3. We don't get that every single year. I think we should. And obviously there's only 12 games in a college football season, but those are only 12 chances to maximize what you were saying, the excitement, the anti- the intensity, the anticipation, You don't really get that. And I know that if Notre Dame joins the Big Ten, there's probably still going to be three non-conference games. But, I mean, you look at this year's schedule, what does the Cal game do for Notre Dame? What does the Marshall game do for Notre Dame? UNLV, you know, there's some games on that schedule where you're just sitting there going, you mentioned attendance and you mentioned numbers being down. That's got a lot to do with it. If you can guarantee me nine games a year where Notre Dame fans are going to be locked in, I think they would sign up for that. And look at the Wisconsin game. There's another Big Ten team. Look at the Wisconsin game last year. I know it was played at Soldier Field and, you know, it had a different feel to it, but, you know, that felt pretty special. Maybe they can meet in the middle and play in Chicago, not every year, but, you know, make that a thing that happens once every five years or so. I think that's something fans can look forward to. And in times where, you know, it seems like there's not too much to look forward to, that goes a long way.
0: Okay, you grew up in Big 12 country, and if I'm not mistaken, you covered an SEC team. So you've got a good handle on the southern part of college football. So let me ask you a couple of questions. First off, with Texas and Oklahoma leaving the Big 12 for the SEC, for the two superpower conferences, Big 10, SEC, is there anybody left in the Big 12 that you think that one of these super conferences might be interested in?
1: I think the the Big 12 is pretty pilfered at this point. Um, If I had to pick any of those, it's honestly pretty tough. I I mean, Oklahoma State, maybe. We saw it it in the Fiesta Bowl. If, If we're talking football strictly, I think it's Oklahoma State. They've got arguably the best coach in that conference, and they just beat Notre Dame on a national stage. But the thing about the teams left in the Big 12 is there's just not a whole lot to offer as a total package, and that's why you saw Texas and Oklahoma leave. They said, we've been propping up this conference monetarily for too long. It's time to go with the big boys, and that's what they did.
0: Second part of my question about the Big 12, as you see it right now, there's a lot of small markets in the Big 12. The two big boys are gone. What do you think the best option is for the Big 12 going forward, if it's going to survive?
1: I really like the report um, in the last 24 hours or so, and I can't remember who it was coming from. I read the story on The Athletic. I can't remember if that was aggregation or original reporting, but I think the Big 12 has to go to the Pac-12 and say, we'll take whoever you got left because it's kind of the same thing. The parallels are uncanny, Darren, in the sense that, U usc and ucla ucla has been down in a lot of sports recently i get that but it's still a cash cow they left to go where the money is texas and oklahoma by far the biggest brands in the big 12 they left to go to where the money is you're sitting here with two depleted conferences that were once i mean there was a time when i was growing up where the big 12 might have been the best football conference in the country you're talking texas oklahoma oklahoma state was good Texas Tech was the number one team in the country under Mike Leach. It was was a crazy time in college football. That's no more. What the Big 12 needs is they need to go, and I think it was Arizona, Arizona State, Washington, Oregon, Utah, and I'm missing one because there was six, but the Big 12 said we're in talks with those guys. We're going to form our own mega league, and are we going to have an Oklahoma or an Alabama or a Michigan or a Notre Dame in our conference? No, but we're going to be a lot stronger than we were yesterday. That, to me, to answer your question, the only chance of survival for both of those schools, for both of those conferences, is to mesh and to put all of their best pieces into one pie and say, this This is what we got because this is what you've left us with.
0: Tyler, I've heard people mention that if Notre Dame joins a conference and they pick the ACC, that's the only chance the ACC has for survival. And i got to be honest, Tyler, I don't know if that really... Solves all of the ACC problems. That's kind of a band-aid because it just feels like any moment, any time they're going to get cherry-picked. The obvious thought would be Clemson, Florida State, Miami, going to the Southeastern Conference. So you look at Notre Dame football joining the ACC. I mean, it would be great for the ACC, don't get me wrong, but it still holds true, Tyler, that, the ACC needs Notre Dame more than really Notre Dame needs the ACC. Do you think that still holds true?
1: No, oh, I tweeted that immediately upon the news breaking last Thursday that USC and UCLA went there. And I, you know, there's a lot that has changed in that one week, and some stances have changed. That's one that I haven't changed. I wholeheartedly believe that the ACC needs Notre Dame more than Notre Dame needs the ACC. And that would be a death sentence of sorts to me if Notre Dame did join the ACC, because like you said, it's a band-aid. And what do band-aids do? They come off eventually. And Mm -hmm. and most times they come off a lot sooner than you want them to. And then you're left with that wound, whatever you were trying to cover being exposed and and it hurts a lot more than it did when the band-aid was on. Right. So Notre Dame does not want to be a band-aid and it's not a band-aid. It goes back to the point I made earlier in this conversation is Notre Dame is Notre Dame and it always has been. And I know that sounds cliche, but there's a there's a reason when USC and UCLA went to the Big Ten last week, all eyes immediately shifted to Notre Dame because it is our broker in the sport. It does call some shots. It, it's the only school left that's outside of one of these super conferences that can say, I'm still wanted, everybody wants me, and whoever gets me is going to be a lot stronger than they were. The SEC and the Big Ten are fin- The strength is unmatched. I mean, we haven't seen anything like this in college athletics where there's there's such a high concentration of so many great programs in two areas and in in two, you know, conferences. It's kind of weird to call them conferences because the concept of the conference has completely been lost. But, you know, they're all under that same governing body. Whichever one gets Notre Dame, if they get Notre Dame, exponentially stronger already. And it's crazy to think about because of how strong they already are with the additions they've made in the last couple of years
0: got just a couple of minutes left. I want to ask you one more question, and this is a big-time hypothetical. Do you think during this coming time in which I think there's going to be a lot more movement happening, we're not done with realignment. It could take a couple of years, but, Tyler, I think it's going to happen. During that time frame, do you think we'll ever get to the point a super conference like the SEC or the Big Ten would say to a weak link in their conference – Thanks, but you're not helping us a whole lot. Vanderbilt, we appreciate what you've done. We're going to kick you out of the SEC, and we're going to add so-and-so. Do you think we'll ever get to that point?
1: Yes, but I think these commissioners, and I've got to know Greg Sankey, and I've been around him enough that I kind of know how he operates, and I think commissioners in any league would operate the same way. They would find a way to veil it where – if you say Vanderbilt, then I think they would include Missouri. Yeah. Or Missouri is probably, you know, the the next guy on on the rung there from Agreed. the bottom. Yeah. They would say, okay, Vanderbilt and Missouri, you guys are gone. Notre Dame and Oregon, or mm-hmm. uh, you, you mentioned Clemson and North Carolina, or Clemson and Florida State. How about you guys come on? I, I think it would be a package deal. But yes, I do think we get to a point where that like you said like i said earlier the strength is so powerful right now that you've got to start coming up with some crazy ways to say okay how can we get even stronger because that's always the goal nobody's perfect right it would be that be okay see you later vanderbilt see you later missouri hello clemson hello florida state or you know fill in the blank
0: Mm. tyler tell our listeners about blue and gold illustrated what's happening right now
1: yeah, go to blueandgold.com. Been saying it since the start of the year. It's only $1 to sign up for a year of premium access and I've been told that that deal is not going to last forever. It might be gone by the start of the season. So if you're looking for a place where you want to follow Notre Dame football coverage all season long, and look, we're I think we're less than 2 months out or exactly yeah, we're less than 2 months out from that Ohio State game that we mentioned earlier. So I know you guys are looking for somewhere to read up on Notre Dame. Blue and Gold is the place to be. blueandgold.com. We've got three riders, uh, boots on the ground in South Bend, full-time riders, plus Todd Burlidge, who's been around for a couple of decades. He helps hmm. us out uh, you know, week in and week out, and especially during the season. And then Mike Singer is awesome on recruiting, uh, reporting, and, and coverage, and there's been a whole lot of that lately. So go to blueandgold.com, $1 one year. You will not regret it if you're a Notre Dame fan.
0: We didn't get to half our topics. We'll save them for next week. Sound good?
1: <laughs> yeah, we still got some off-season to work with, so we can do that. <laughs>
0: Hey, Tyler, thanks for doing this. Always appreciate your analysis, and we'll talk to you next week.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you, Darren.
0: Thank you. Tyler Horka, Notre Dame football beat reporter, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com, 630 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT.